What's good? What is good? What is good? I am Damo, the political plug. This is the Chop Up Show. I'm here with my lovely co-host Toya. Toya, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, shout out to every Gemini, each and every Gemini out there. Shout out to every June baby on the line, every June baby that will hear the sound of my voice and watch this recording. This one goes out to you, my dogs. We in the building. Uh, Six eighteen coming soon. I'm, I'm I'm happy about it. Let's go. So yeah, so y'all like, hey, the chop up, well, y'all a day late. We were supposed to be rocking with y'all yesterday. Well, we are approaching the end of basketball season, just to let y'all know before we get into this show. And a lot of these games fall on days where we have episodes. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it, it's going to be some delays till we get to the summertime uh, and be able to get on a really strict, real tight schedule because uh, we got we to gotta see this thing out. We got to see this thing out. Both our teams were eliminated, Lakers fans, Celtics fans. Teams was eliminated, but it is what it is. Wait. So. Y'all bear with us. Thank y'all for we thank y'all for rocking with us on this Friday. And y'all make sure y'all stay in the comments, chime in a part of this conversation. You know, we love to hear from y'all as it goes. So, Toy, you ready to do this? Yes, but real quick, I want to shout out my Gemini's, Miss Ma'am, Avenge the Ancestors. Uh we 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 hey, 617. I like that date. That's a beautiful date. It's just it's great to see y'all. But also shout out to Emmanuel, shout out to Donnell. Uh, just everybody in the mix right now. Go ahead and share this link real quick. Let people know you tapped in with the Chop Up Show. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up so that we know that you are, you know, showing your support showing physically. Up. We're not here in the flesh, but we connected through that thumbs up. So go ahead and hit that thing real quick. Uh, we about to jump into the conversation for the day. Yeah, let's do it. So y'all see the title, right? Everybody get wokeness wrong. Let's let's just be honest. And 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 the, and the crazy thing about it is, even though we really know what wokeness is and where it came from. Mm-hmm. We just let everybody else run their mouth about it terribly. You see what I'm saying? Um, specifically, y'all know it's the political plug. So y'all know I'm going to bring this political dialogue, this political perspective for you. And what y'all need to be preparing for, y'all hearing it from the plug first, is what, Toy? What I've been saying the culture war going to be about? Wokeness. Wokeness. Wokeness, CRT, black history, anti-racism. That's what the culture war going to be about. We, we what, a year, like a little over a year and a half until the next election. Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis didn't already, we started his campaign straight up talking about he destroying leftism. He's destroying wokeism. He's going to end wokeism in this country, right? But they don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's the honesty. And so, Absolutely. And so, uh, more recently, what we've seen is the Little Mermaid movie drop. Right, uh, Chloe Bailey, I think. Right, that's or Haley. No, Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. Her name is Halle. It's like Hallie. it's Hallie. almost like Halle Berry, but it's Halle Bailey. Right, 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 right. Uh, she's the she's the she's the black Ariel. Shout out to her. But unfortunately, for what she representing, she's now become the front line for the current culture war on wokeness. Right, mm-hmm. and and we know that this happens every time. There's a character that becomes updated, right? Mainstream. They they update the character, giving them a different race, giving them a different gender. And right. uh, there's what I like to call mayonnaise-flavored outrage that goes on across the message boards. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's fully directed to this thing that they call wokeness. But this is the thing, Toya. Mm-hmm. They can't tell you what it is. The biggest opponents to wokeness 
cannot articulate what it is. Let's uh, we have a great example of that. What you was about to say? I mean, and I want to be clear too. By the way, we've had some similar conversations about wokeness. This is going to take it a little bit further, but make sure y'all are checking out some of our prior episodes because we talked through some. But the, uh, this just this example, the rest of it is going to be brand spanking new. But this is one we got to go to. Um, I think because it's going to touch on the more previous, some of the previous episodes we've had talking about wokeness, but really give some texture to or lack of flavor, the mayonnaise-ness of where this whole conversation has been going as of late. So yeah, drop, drop it quick. No, I mean, because that's, it, and that's why I like, we, I like to call it mayonnaise flavor outrage. So we understand yeah. it ain't got no taste, no real good substance at all. You know what I'm saying? But you can taste it. There's a, there's, there's a taste that's there. Uh, so... I want to I want to start out I want to I want us to start out by looking at the people that complain about uh, wokeness the most. What it sound like when they try to explain what it is. Let's go. Could, could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that. Um, I. This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re totally reimagine and re re redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, sorry, I it's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite. Yeah, look, you know what that reminds me of? What that reminds you of? And like this is just I, this is this is a total. I've seen it in in like class, like as a person who teaches public speaking. I've also seen it in debates where people mm -hmm. run out of arguments. They always get this little cough. They be like, uh, and then uh, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. And then uh, it, <coughs> and and this this is like <laughs> the, the the glitch, the struggle through will yeah. never not be funny. Now I don't laugh at my kids. I don't laugh at my students. At least not outwardly, right? Right. Same way we don't laugh at our kids outwardly, but every now and right. again it tickles me. Like when you searching for the words, you looking for them, ain't nothing wrong with you in your throat. It's pretty lubricated. Matter of fact, you overproducing sweat right now. You overproducing spit right now. Uh, you just overproducing, doing too much you, with it. Clueless. But mm -hmm. the jokes write themselves. She literally called. I'm gonna go viral for this, and she got her moment. This 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 video was released on social media a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry, a couple months ago at this point, and mm -hmm. definitely made his round. Right. Made his so, rounds. And, yeah. and just a little bit background. That was Bethany Mandel. The woman that y'all saw struggling to explain what wokeness is, wrote a book called Stolen Youth. And it, it described what they called the woke agenda that was being employed by the left to make kids miserable. Right. So this is a woman that claims to uh, uh, to understand wokeness to the point that she can say this is why it's being used. But when you just ask her what it is, this is the confusion. So when we connect this to this little mermaid debacle, right? Um, now, the, the Chop Up show, myself, Toya, if y'all, the people that's been listening, y'all have seen that we really stayed away from the dialogue around, like, the Black Little Mermaid, like, because to be honest, arguing about the race of, of mermaids it's beneath me. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I ain't even going, you know what I mean? I ain't even a bougie nigga like that. But arguing about the uh, the, the race of mermaids is beneath me. And it's there are a lot of, like, really dumb conversations that I have no problem taking part in. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a lot of dumb conversations I indulge in, if, if I'm being honest. Toya knows me, right? 
it's willing to lean into a lot of silly things. But those are dumb conversations that I'm enjoying with people that I fuck with, with people that I rock with. Like I'm, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. having this dumb conversation because I enjoy the people that I'm talking to. In 2023 and going into 2024, I am refusing to have dumb conversations with people that I don't like. Why am I, why am I talking about some stupid shit with you if I don't really rock with you like that? So the people mad about the Little Mermaid to me, I couldn't care less uh, about how they felt because these are the same people that whitewashed Jesus. So like really, if 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 it's beef that we got there, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's beef that we got there, it's 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 on a much bigger scale on our right. end, and and so that's why I want to I want to ask you, uh, with all the angry white people, with all the whining that we see that's taking place, is Disney going woke with a black Little Mermaid? No. Not even kind of for a couple of reasons. First reason is that they've made it clear from the beginning of the campaign to cast a, a, a Little Mermaid up to now that Halle Bailey just knocked it out of the park and that they were not specifically looking for a black character. So they're not even looking or invested in retelling a story from a black lens. They have to tell a realistic story. It's a story about the Caribbean. It's a black woman. So the hair, the things, the conversations, a lot of those textures of it have to be congruent. But they set out the gate. She just knocked it out of the park. She was the first, first person to walk in and audition. They said, do you want to sing first or act first? She sung, blew them away. That led to her delivering those lines. And then from there, the rest was history. They really did uh, a, a out of, what is the word I'm looking for? Not out of convenience, but uh, they, they just auditioned everybody else for the sake of doing it, but I already knew that they had their little mermaid. So but no clear it. investment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and picking up a Black Little Mermaid. Second reason why Disney is not woke is that wokeness, by definition, is an orientation and a an embodiment of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. An active living, a reorientation, an unlearning and a relearning of what is real and true about the world. And there's nothing about any other thing that Disney do- does that is demonstrative of that unlearning. Right. So by nature and by definition, it cannot be any type of wokeness because there's no investment in the consciousness. Right. There are just strategic business moves and bottom lines. And those are the only considerations that corporations like Disney are making. So, no. Right. And so I, I like how, as you lay that out, you, you kind of lay it out and understand in a definition of wokeness, because that's what we need right now. And because and, it's, it's not that complicated. Right. Uh, but I will say that the benefit that we get from the Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid conversation is that we can see what's being called woke, like like pluck it, identify it, right, mm-hmm. and explain to y'all specifically how that ain't it, <laughs> right, and and really show how like the people doing the most complaining about it is the most ignorant. So yeah, you'll get me, you'll get many different different definitions from different people, but essentially, kind of like what Toya explained. Uh, uh, wokeness is generally understood as being able to recognize forms of oppression that have been normalized, therefore not easily identifiable, and then pushing back mm-hmm. against that oppression, right? So it's twofold. Wokeness has two levels to it. The first level is the recognition, the acknowledgement of forms of oppression that are not easily identifiable, that, it, that mm. have been normalized, and then doing things to push back, to work against those forms of oppression. That's going, to, that's, that's going to be important as we continue this conversation. Toya, do you have anything to add to that definition? 
No, except for it is a shame understanding and knowing the definition. I look at Miss Ma'am's comment a couple minutes ago, said got a whole book chapter, but can't sum it up in 20 to 30 seconds talking about that author we just played the clip of. But yet you mm -hmm. and I have both been able to kind of package it and hand deliver it in about that amount of time. So this is what we call willful ignorance, right? These are people that we're dealing with that don't want to know, that don't want to understand. They simply want to take some of the stickiness of the terms, of the phraseology, of the buzzwordiness and set it on a platter because they know ignorant people going to eat it up without questioning what it really means Love or it. having a firm definition of it. It is not hard to explain or conceptualize even what wokeness is. It is not oh. hard to truly understand the purpose of it, the function of it, and how applying it to things like how real world works, how the real world has been designed, and how history has become uh, a, a, pre a precedent that has been set mm -hmm. for where we are. And it's not hard to connect those dots. It is the willful ignorance of conservatives of white people of people invested in white supremacy of people invested in the matrices of power the anti-black capitalist white supremacist ableist uh, mm -hmm. uh patriarchal masculine of center dichotomies of power it is those entities in, in in those instances where you see the incoherence of wokeness but it's not that hard but like mm -hmm. it's just you want yeah. it to be you have you make it that way i mean and, and really that's because there's more of a focus on demonizing it than understanding it in the first place. So yeah. what we're going to do today <laughs> is look at what is out here being called woke and show how the people that's calling shit woke are wrong as hell. And yeah. you know, and, and, and a part of the reason why they're so damn wrong is because the, the things that they are calling woke are actually just neoliberal efforts at diversity. That's it, right? And we've talked about neoliberalism before, fake good capitalism, as it's known, because I, I, I can't just call it good capitalism. I mean, I could I, I could throw up the uh, quote unquote good capitalism, right? The socially responsible capitalism. That's that's how uh, proponents of, of neoliberalism would describe it. But yeah. when it comes to diversity, critical race theory scholars, black leftists such as ourselves, argue mm -hmm. that neoliberalism will always miss the mark. Why? Because it's more about looking diverse than actually being diverse. And we should already understand that and know this by now. Neoliberalism often treats diversity like a commodity. Something to sell to make an organization look good. That's it. It takes diversity and it turns it into a product. It's all about how it looks on a brochure, how it looks on a website, right? How it looks to, uh, uh, to consumers, how it looks to donors. How it looks on social media, right? This is what exactly. we live for these days is what, you know, the people who maybe don't follow you, but could potentially be a follower of the things that they are captivated by, right? Exactly. And so it's not about real change. When, again, mm -hmm. the definition of woke means that you have to be doing something to push against the thing that's being identified. And so we're not seeing that. It's all about market value and public image. So since we're able to recognize that diversity is just being is is in the way that it's being promoted by people like disney is just a question of, of of being used as a prop we're gonna go through the black leftist criticism of uh uh, uh how y'all understand the way that uh, wokeness is being used and what's being called woke and to help y'all recognize that it ain't close it's very specific criticisms right very specific criticisms the first criticism that we're going to start with is how mainstream diversity is superficial. It's not real, right? Uh, neoliberal attempts at diversity 
often focus only on representation. That means it misses mm-hmm. the entire second half of the definition that we talked about. It, it does not adequately address the systemic issues that perpetuate racial disparities. So the people or the presence of people of color in an institution or an organization does not necessarily mean that people of color have influence in those institutions or in those organizations. I also want to make sure we broaden this conversation, not just the people of color, because some of the examples we use won't be about color. There'll be things like your gender expression or, you know, your age or just that there are a bunch of different examples. So as you think through kind of marginalization or systems of power, it's not just a racial thing. We're talking about diversity. We're being critical of kind of the the veneer of diversity that shapes a whole lot of these campaigns out here. And another thing that I want to kind of set aside is I want to speak for my own personal politics because I don't want to overspeak mm-hmm. for, for the plug. But I personally, I just want to be clear, this is a dissection of diversity, but I don't really have personal ethical or, or theoretical investments in diversity. I don't think it is of value. I think it is a tactic and a strategy that I I guess has some type of material implications on real life. Like I think that diversity is important for like the job that I have and for, but I don't trust it as a necessary tactic or strategy to like liberate myself or my people. Right. That is not, I'm not looking to diversity to save black people. I think that those things are very incongruent, right? The idea of diversity undermines and undercuts the needs and desires of black people right so i I think i just kind of want to be clear about my investments in diversity because i think it's interesting to look at and i think it's interesting to be a byproduct there you know what i'm saying in a lot of ways right i am valued and i have value in social collateral um capital because of my intersections in a lot of ways and that is how society has changed in turn that does not undermine or take away from or detract from the ways those same intersections make my very existence kind of suck ass um, I, I and in innumerable ways that we can go through and talk about the anti-queer, anti-black, yeah. anti-woman, anti-poor uh, uh, society that we live in, right? Like clearly impacts my life. But these are these are like layers of how even I want y'all to think about, right? Because I don't yeah. necessarily, I don't want to fight people who are having investments in diversity and think that that's some type of pathway out or some meaningful, tangible way to liberate black people. I just it's just not the politic for me so my little asterisk aside we're gonna get back into the theories that we have the critique the criticisms that we've developed of of diversity um but as it exists but i just want to put that out there for free but to what you said though i think i think your your criticism specifically echoes stokely carmichael and his criticism of the civil rights act mm-hmm. it there there's a benefit to, to diversity to uh uh communities that aren't diverse like there's this data and research that shows, like for example, if you have a certain uh, like over twenty percent women in managerial uh, um, positions and C-suite positions, mm-hmm. you see an increase in you see an increase in revenue, right? And actually, when you look at when you look at revenue, uh, what's called in a, uh, innovation revenue, which is revenue that companies and corporations get specifically from new products, introducing new things, right? Sure. Every element of diversity from uh, race, gender, sexuality, religion, right? Having all these different people together leads to specifically women. Now, uniquely women, but all these different diverse elements actually lead to more innovative revenue, right? Because the idea is that you have you have more experiences, more thought processes, right? Mm-hmm. That end up mm-hmm. making making people more money, right? Like right? All these minds come together working for this similar working for this uh, like uh, this similar goal, right? Corporations clearly benefit from it. 
Like, yeah. we, like we we see the data. What, what what you're saying though is that that is again another example about how like what we bring to the table, what we represent, will always benefit the institutions and everybody else at like everybody else around us. But at the same time, black people and and women and other people of color. Uh, end up still having the same demands, even as we sit in these in in these areas that are now considered diverse and inclusive. You One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Hey, but, shout out to Nico, by the way. What's up, friend? How you doing? Uh, and and what what uh, Stokely Carmichael said specifically was the Civil Rights Act was not made for, for black people. It was made for white folk. It was to tell mm-hmm. them, hey, these are U.S. citizens. They should be able to walk into this restaurant, sit down and eat, just like the rest of y'all. Right. Absolutely. So it, it was an out. And it shouldn't message. be that hard to understand. And it shouldn't be that hard to understand. But since it's not, I mean, but since it is clearly, right, we need to have this conversation. So we get into the specific criticism to help y'all understand the shit that's being called woke is actually neoliberal efforts at diversity that, uh, as our first criticism says, is superficial and not real. Right. Um. Now, the example that we want to point to that, that we actually really kind of already started the conversation with is the Little Mermaid. Um, but but that is any time that they race or gender swap any mainstream popular character, right? Mm-hmm. There's always, oh, they're, they're going woke. They're going woke. They Now they want to do this. And like, uh, I mean, you had Thor. That was a woman more recently in, in the new Thor movie. People was mad about that, even though that's comic book accurate, right? Rape, right. Race and gender swapping. Um, is usually seen as attempt an attempt at diversity and falsely labeled as woke, even though it's just superficial, right? Right. Now, Toya, I want to ask you, is is there any character that you've ever been familiar with that you was like, hmm, they making them black or hmm, they making that a woman? That's that 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 intrigues me. I'm interested. I like that. Um, I don't let me see. I'm trying to think because let me look, let me look. I'm actually, I'm cheating y'all. I'm looking through a list real quick. Um, <laughs> okay, no, I will. I'll pick one who I feel like is legendary um, and that I don't think I appreciate the performance enough, but I do mm-hmm. know enough about this performance to be like dope and it makes a lot of sense. When Catwoman yes, was originally casted as a white woman, but came back in, I think the final season of Batman as it aired on television, maybe to be Eartha Kitt. Uh, playing Catwoman, right? And we know Eartha Kitt to be Miss Rar, Miss Miss yeah, Purr, yeah, anyway, yeah. like speaks with a problem. So it just seemed Legend. like that was a role that she probably could have been filling the entire time. I don't know the iconic performance, um, like like firsthand, but I've seen pictures, I've seen clips when she passed away. I saw a lot of those clips, and I mean, is she somebody you look at in that role and you like? Chef's kiss, you know what I'm saying? This is exactly what it is, or, or what it should have been. I'll read mm-hmm. this uh, quick excerpt about what I saw. Debuting in 1940, it only took 28 years before the part was played by a black woman. Not only was this a race swap from the original comic book character, it was a swap from the original series, I'm sorry, the original actress from the show. For the first two seasons of the 1960s Batman series, Julie Newmar played the role in the first two seasons, being replaced by Eartha Kitt for the final season, right? So this is epic not just in the comic book world but this is also epic in the television world this is epic during that time you're thinking about the 60s and the uh you know heavy development of the civil rights movement that is leading into you know the black panther movement so these are all the things happening alongside this legendary actress take this role on this legendary you know what i'm saying superhero uh series and so that was a big deal i think that i can point to 
Yeah, I mean, that one was more historical. I ain't gonna lie, mine is a bit more childish. I like the black Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I ain't gonna <laughs> yeah. lie. It's just, you know, uh, I, 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 uh, Spider-Man is what got me into comic books, you know what I'm saying? And then the fact that, like, my son, who's, like, really a big spider they call him Spider-Man in daycare, because he literally walks into the classroom and jumps and does the Spider-Man pose every morning when I drop him off at daycare. So, you know, him being able to see that, I think that's actually dope. But what I want to be clear, though, even though we love Eartha Kid, even though we love Miles Morales, that shit ain't woke. Marvel wasn't woke. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think well, it was yeah, more let's significant. Not get away here. <laughs> I think it was more significant when Eartha Kitt did it because of the time and what they represented, right? Yeah. But it still, it, it again, at, at that time, it meant more because just the existence of it pushed back against the whole narrative of, of things. But nowadays, like if 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 you know gender swapping and race swapping characters don't mean as much because we see that it's like they make money, like they can see that they make money in it, right? That's yeah. why. Uh, from my perspective, Disney is not woke because of a Black Mermaid, primarily because as much as we say representation matters, capitalism only cares about the image. It only cares about reflecting representation, regardless if it produces any material benefit for Black people. Couple of things. Two things as an aside. One, I read this tweet earlier this week that's in relationship to the, the Spider-Verse. And it's a new Spider-Man that just came out this past weekend, which is a double down on Miles Morales' wife, right? On mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse. I actually really want to see that. And interestingly enough, this makes sense for my personality, but I want to see that more than I want to see Little Mermaid. Um, so I think I'll probably get that done here pretty soon. But um, you know, Sunflower, the 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 song. Yeah, the song. Uh, yeah. Who's that? Uh, Sway Lee and Sway Lee and Post Malone. Post Malone. That song is mm-hmm. eighteen times platinum. And if you recall, it made sense to me when I saw it, and it was so funny, bro. But it's also interesting just how music works. And again, this is an aside, and got nothing to do with wokeness. So I'm just kind of dropping the factoid in there. But there were people on the thread um, when I saw some tweets about it that was like, I have never heard this song in my life. And then there are other people who was like, I could not get away from this song. Yes, right, like yeah. right anywhere, and I was part of the latter group. Like I felt like I could not go a place without hearing. I can't, get, it, I can't get away from it either. I like it. Still yeah. I like it. It's cute. It's a vibe. Um, but I thought that was interesting that that song like made that much money in a time where you know it's hard for songs to go be that right. new and go platinum that many times. And, uh, and I did want to look to the. What you say? You said you gonna look at the comments. Oh yeah, I did want to look to the comments because we got shoot Frederick. Thank you for popping in. Definitely hitting that like button. We appreciate that love for sure. Uh, take Frederick's advice. Said just pop in. Make sure y'all hit the like or like the video. Emmanuel Briggs said uh, when they made Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. This is not my language, so I hope you know something about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> a female character, and she actually played the role better than the original male, male, male actor did. Are you familiar with uh, Battlestar? I'm not familiar with Battlestar Galactica. I'm not in the. the space I mean, I've heard world. of it, but I just decided yeah, me too. words together in in that order. Unfamiliar, yeah. but I know it's a video game, so shout out to the, the gamers out there who got a little bit more tapped in with that. Nico say the kids killed the role. It's a show. It's not a game. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a show. You know what I'm confusing the, that with? Oh, what was the name? Old school Nintendo. It was like a Zelda. I don't know why I crossed those <laughs> lines in my head, but I did. Sorry. Don't do that. I'm don't sorry. do that. Uh, shout out to Vance was good. Said Spider Verse is definitely fire. So go see it. Uh, I'm gonna take that advice for sure. Um, but yeah, y'all, y'all keep talking to us in the comments. Make sure y'all stop, uh, uh, tap in. Smokey, uh, Kaida, shout out to you. Definitely happy to see you in the in the chat. So y'all keep following us. Uh, keep the conversation going, plug. But look, so as much as we love the new Spider Man, as much as we love the Black Panther and all the shit that that mm-hmm. represented, and as much as we was like Wakanda forever, all of that shit 
was superficial. It was not real. Like all, even the like the, the black pride that it touched on, they was pulling on our heartstrings for them to make more money. For them to like like oh, overall, right? It was it was it was in order for them to look good. But but specifically to to this question of race swapping, um what we have to understand the term that I've used here before, that's a it's a kind it's a kind I, of I don't want to let you get away with that Black Panther point, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you it's because we talk about race swapping anyway. We talk about race swapping anyway. Yeah, we'll stay focused. That's fine. But I feel like you snuck something in there that mm, I, I don't know what I agree with, but that's fine. Go ahead. I race did. Um, but so race swapping essentially is empty calories. It feels good. It tastes good. We like to see it, but it doesn't produce any tangible benefit. Making a white character black or or a male character female or a straight character gay has to do with profitability of progressivism in 2023. I want y'all to say it with me. The profitability mm-hmm. of progressivism in 2023. More black people would take their kids to spend money to see a black mermaid because she black. We want to see, like, we want queer people watching movies and watching TV shows. So let's show more queer people on TV, right? That doesn't mean that the show is getting more woke. That means that it, it wants a bigger audience. It wants to tap into more people. It wants more eyeballs. So, Which- yes, the, let me just say this, and I want to hear from mm-hmm. you. So yes, traditionally marginalized groups get more representation or getting more representation, but it does more for the pockets of TV and movie executives than it actually does for the likes of black and queer people. Chime in, Toya. I mean, the only thing I would add to that is I don't understand why that's so hard for then like conservatives to understand, right? Like we're not moved by diversity. Like diversity can only do so much. You know what I'm saying? Like I... And this is kind of where I start to beg the question of what, in the same way as I go back and forth with you about representation in politics and why I don't always feel like having black people Mm -hmm. in high places is necessarily a thing that catalyzes something great. It's the same way I feel like I'm not always sure having black, like seeing somebody like representation is cool and it is what it is. And I don't want to speak against it because so much of our revolutionary politics have been about making space and taking up space. So I don't want to undermine any of that. The other side of that though is like we it only materializes some time. So I don't, I say all this to say, I don't know why conservatives can't just be like, that's just the money grab. That's just a corporation being a corporation. They don't have any power to indoctrinate my kids. They don't have any power to change the way that our society was going to be. Society is going to be what it's always going to be because it's going to be what it's going to be. They don't have mysterious powers to jump inside our brains and hearts and make us do anything. It's just an appeal to make money. Why is that hard to fathom on either side of your political ideologies and orientations, right? But I I want y'all to get an example just to just to kind of understand what their narrative is because they got to see black mermaids and because they they you have queer main characters that type of thing. Um, let's let's actually take a look at how they respond to these types of things. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. How do we feel about Disney being woke? What is this guy about? How do you feel about Disney being woke? I feel like Disney has completely abandoned their consumer base. They have embraced woke ideology, and Americans are really tired of being lectured about politics when they're trying to watch a kids' movie. And so this whole gender nonsense, like it's absurd at this point. Americans are tired of it. Parents are tired of it. And by the way. 
We've actually started a marketplace called Public Square. Check it out, publicsq.com, where we highlight all the non-woke businesses. Largest directory in the country of those people. So if you're also tired of Disney, come join us. So, I mean, even even there, right? A marketplace for non-woke businesses. What are we doing? <laughs> what like what's, what's, They got what's a little really... database like Angie's List. You know how Angie's List, I think they just call it Angie's now, where you just call your, your home improvement people like everybody you can look for. It's just non-woke, which means if you're non-woke, you are a conservative. That means you're anti-black. Like, it's just, it's so, it's, you're probably anti-immigrant. There are so many things that you end up being anti in addition to being anti-woke. What businesses are you really propagating there? In the, in the in the first place, so get it understood. The first critique of or the first issue that we are identifying with neoliberal efforts of diversity that is being described as woke is this: the diversity is not real. It's not significant. Mm. Right? It, it's a money grab. It's not wokeness. It's a money grab. The second criticism: what is being called woke is actually commodifying diversity for profit. Neoliberalism likes to treat diversity as a commodity. It's like it, 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 it's like a social and political capital that mm-hmm. enhances the organization's image and appeal to different markets or just meet quotas. That's a thing, right? It's, it's being quantified at this point. Yeah. It does all of this while, again, failing to address deeper systemic issues of racial inequality. Corporations play woke to get people who like to play woke to spend more money with them so they can feel like they're doing something, but it's all a play, right? You were, yes, I, this corporation cares about racism. It says no to racism. I'm going to spend my money with them. It's social and political capital. It is not about actually affecting the lives of the people being impacted. Toya. One th- I, the only thing I want to add to this conversation about liberalism is the fact that this is an invitation of corporatism into things that, are kind of invaluable, right? That don't have value. So when you talk about black life, when you talk about immigrant life, when you talk about women, when you talk about people with disabilities, when you talk about um, queer folk, right? These are things that are invaluable that be through the process of corporatization and privatization end up having a a dollar amount signed to them. The reason why I bring this up is that it's not only identities, but it is also features of our lives. So for example, healthcare or the prison industrial complex, right? Freedom cannot be, there's no value to free, for freedom, right? It's invaluable to be free. But through privatized prisons, vis-a-vis the state, this is very important because the state ends up being a buffer and a filter for this privatization, right? Mm-hmm. You are found guilty by the state or by the law. The law then passes you over to corporations and you are given a value based on your life as a criminal. Similarly, with healthcare, you are a, per- health is invaluable. Right. You can't quantify health. There's no way to put a number on health. But because we live in a system and in a society who says life and health and death have a value. And the only way you get to continue with life and health and avoid death is if you pay this much money. So we'll turn it the state. Right. We're making mm-hmm. the decision to force you into corporate corporate life or right. death. Right. So these institutions make decisions on whether you live or not. Not you, not natural causes not the hospital itself but there's this intermediary of 
corporatization, privatization, capitalism that works to make those decisions for us. So what it does, again, neoliberalism takes and quantifies and attempts to put a value on things that don't really have a value, like identities, like lives, like realities. They, they, it, neoliberalism has put a dollar sign on diversity. It has put a dollar sign on representation. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, who said it? Somebody just said it in the chat. Make sure y'all liking the video as y'all in here watching it. Shout out to all y'all a part of the conversation. Y'all make uh, uh, chime in. But one of y'all in the chat said, uh, Nico said, I've been I binge watched the series because of the black main character. That's it. Right. So yeah. they know that they can tap into the minds and the hearts of black people by giving them more. But hey, they're complaining and saying they want more representation. Let's give it to them. What do we like? Why stop? That's the and, and I think the part that people miss about that that's the fluidity of whiteness. Like mm-hmm. whiteness is not the, the 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 most powerful whiteness. The whiteness that's in control is not the Donald Trumps of the world. It's not no. the white supremacists that's running around shooting shit up. It's the white the powerful whiteness is the whiteness that's adapting, that's looking at progressivism and saying. Say that. This is, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, cool. Y'all want more images? We'll just give y'all more images. As long as we control it, we don't care what it's looking like. As long as we eat off of it, we don't care what it's looking like. And here's the insidiousness of, you know, falling into and for the trap of diversity because it allows for people who hold the strings and yank the strings of what you get and don't get to say, huh, we put you in the commercials. We put you in the, we get, what else do you want? What, what other, what other proof do you need? We put you on the board. We hired some of y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like we're navigating these quotas. There are 20% of the company is X. So that clearly means Y. And so many different examples will render that untrue, but they'll be able to say, but look, Mm-hmm. And that is what we don't want when we're looking for tangible, realistic praxis, practice, investments, embodiment in what it means to create diverse places or places that position or prioritize certain perspectives or needs. So check this. So because uh, like a part of like what I do, like what we do is like, you know, what I'm saying we do diversity, equity and inclusion training. Oh, uh, a, a part, a, a main part of why we had these conversations in the first place is because people are seeing that like. And and actually, the, the the language is being used is diverse, like a high what they call high like our mature talent management models. Mature talent management models have progressive, diverse uh, diversity and inclusion efforts. Mm-hmm. High talent management models have progressive diversity and inclusion efforts, right? So the 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 people that's actually dictating business, that's dictating corporations, that's dictating the country is recognizing. That yeah, like diverse elements actually have very productive, tangible benefits. All we got to do is make sure that we able to control who get that benefit. So mm-hmm. yes, the world is becoming more diverse, but to the benefit of whom? Right, right. And so that's why you have, for example, that we like for the uh, as we talk about the commodifying of diversity for profit. Target is in in the crosshairs in a lot of ways that following in the footsteps footsteps of. Uh, Bud Light and the latest to be accused of um, what conservatives is calling now is <laughs> going woke. You go broke is 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 what they say. And so uh, I have a I got a quick example of uh, some of the backlash that Target is enduring because of a a, a pride. Um, it's 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 a pride uh, uh, line, right? Like a, a a pride campaign that they've been doing mm-hmm. for years. Actually, this ain't even. You know what I'm saying? This ain't even the first year they, they, they've done it. They've done it for a while now. Before you play that clip or, or show what you're about to show, our, uh, show are we going to go back to Budweiser or did you just say that? Is that... Because I, I, I got something I want to 
We're going we gonna to go back to Budweiser, too. But I, I wanna okay. Start, We're going to go back to it. I say, again, you know, I, I stay with my factoids. Uh, yeah. But there's something interesting about the approach and strategy of taking down Budweiser that, that cannot be omitted. But, yeah, let's talk Target. But let's. I want to. I want to. I want to talk Target because uh, uh, it, it's a bit more recent. But I definitely have. But we definitely want to address. Look at what happened with Budweiser as well. Because again, people, these are things that are being called woke. These are corporations and brands and uh, uh, institutions. Not even people, but like these non-tangible. You know what I'm saying? Like entities, uh, uh, financial ent- entities that exist out there that are being called woke. When that ain't mm-hmm. it, it don't it don't work like that. Uh, so what, here we gonna we gonna take a look at uh, the accusations that's being levied towards uh, Target and its uh, Pride line that recently came out. Pride, the Pride line that recently came out. Let's get it set up. And to be clear, like, I know it has affected some targets and not others. I was just in Target today and did see some um, pride things up as soon as I walked in the door. So I know that there are, I think now, as opposed to it being more mandatory, it's probably a store by store. It's more of a store by store, I think, case by case decision or maybe regional or general managers. But uh, whenever you got a clip, we good. Yeah, let me get this real quick. Meantime, as the plug mentioned, it's summertime hours and summertime vibes. Uh, we in summer school, if you will, uh, <laughs> since, since we be teaching the people, uh, which means that we are going to, the goal is to go every single Thursday, every single week. But you might run into more instances like this where we hit y'all on a Friday morning or a Friday afternoon or something like that, or even earlier in the day on Thursday. So y'all keep staying connected, keep sharing stuff, keep tapping into these conversations, but just know uh, until about probably the middle of August, we'll be running on Thursday, Friday, Friday-ish, right? We're going to try to squeeze it somewhere into that 48 hours, but with a little bit more flexibility. So of course, you know, if you missed a lot of YouTube, no big deal. Go look on Spotify. Go look on Apple Pods. Y'all be able to catch it as soon as we put put it up there. So if you missed a live, or just come back to YouTube and watch the full episode. Just whatever. So let's get it. Trying to find a trans agenda be like. So we're in the boys section, guys. Boys clothes section. I want to show you over here. This is the clothing we have for boys. Dinosaurs are cool, right? There's a big rainbow behind the dinosaur. We're not going to stop there. We got a cloud. Hula hooping with a rainbow. What's this? Trucks are cool, right? Pick it up a rainbow. Why are we picking up a rainbow, guys? Why is this boy's clothing today? I'm not done. Like Baby Shark? Bye-bye. There's masculinity. That's what they're doing. They're destroying masculinity. Guys, it's time to stand up against this wokeness. We need to stand up as parents and leaders and fathers. Wokeness. Okay, it's time to stand up against wokeness because there are boys' clothes that has rainbows on them. It's time to stand up against wokeness inside of Target. Boycotting Target because Target had so let's talk about the response, right? Because that really that that there's no surprise there, right? We we know mm-hmm. that they get it wrong. Uh but what was it about the response that Target um gave in light of this criticism that is that that really is the biggest issue? So Target making a decision to and they, they give two reasons. Uh I think the primary reason is that some of their store associates were being targeted, being harassed, 
um, and generally being bothered like people by people like this man that we saw in the video going into the store, making videos, making content, tearing up stuff, moving stuff, whatever. Um, and complain and generally complaining and being combative, right? Like to the point that they want to fight and want to stage protests and do all types of weird stuff in the stores. And then you also have the issue where I don't, I, 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 and this is the, I didn't hear a lot of this conversation from the articles I read, but this is something else that people were saying that they feel like it wasn't profitable enough or something like that. Now, I have historically been known to celebrate Target, to use them as a case in point example of some of the leadership, the corporate leadership that's being taken on these issues and that they are a model that people can look to. I think the issue, and this is the same issue we have with people who very uh, uh, passing in, in passing celebrate Black History Month or mm-hmm. send quick shout outs to other causes is that you have to, in order to truly right the wrongs and to create some type of uh, a pathway out from the oppression that folks have experienced have got to give up something. You've got right. to sacrifice something. Right. Many times and more often than not, the violence against trans folk, against queer folk, against black folk, against immigrants are, is violence to the body, right? This is not just violence on the mind. Like there's right. physical assault on the body, on the flesh of people. And so you got to make yourself vulnerable. Now, this, I, I, I want to be clear about something. I'm not saying that associates in the store should be made to it be harassed, to be dealt yeah. with. Like, I don't, they shouldn't be, but this is a multi billion dollar corporation. Put security right. at your store. So you ain't, uh, you Make ain't an investment. Walmart. You, you know target, what I'm saying? Target. 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 <laughs> you know, like people literally choose you over Walmart because they feel like you're elevated class and of this and of that. And, you know, I, I, I now here's critical thinking in real time, because there's also issues. I don't want to see my, my shopping experience be police. Right? right. I don't know how comfortable I would be as a black person pulling up on Target. Like, yeah, y'all got some for. Yeah, you, to protect you, the pride you, display. But <laughs> critical thinking. So maybe my increased security plan or idea is not the is not the plan. Cool. Yeah. But something yeah. me like think about it. But just yeah. to give up. I think that the, the real criticism is just to be like, oh. The heat is up. Got to give up now. I think we're going to pull back. Black people, queer folks, black queer folks, trans folks don't have that option. They don't yeah. live that life. They don't get to plug in or plug out. They don't get to play this game, this this hop stop, this double dutch game where one day they in and one no every one single day, day they out. fight for their life. Every exactly. single day they get targeted. Every single exactly. day they have to make a decision to come out and to uh, experience bodily harm or to be put you That's know have risk. their home security be. That's yeah. a risk. And so if you're gonna play the game, baby, play the game. Play the game. But I think, yeah. this, I think this 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 egg shelly, this uh, uh hot and cold in and out approach to it is exactly too. why we never wanted y'all trying to double down in our movements anyway. It's exactly why we was good over here without y'all slapping shit in y'all store anyway. I don't think there was a queer person on earth that was like, Target, where the queer clothes, where the gay clothes at? Where the they made a decision, right? And are not backing it up. And I think that's the issue is you got to put some skin in the game. You got to keep that skin in the game. And if, if the skin come off your knee, the skin come off your knee. You know what I mean? You have to be prepared for it. You got to have the bandages. You have to be prepared for it. You got to be ready. Right? Because the skin will, you're going to, the skin is going to come off the knee. That, that's, that's the reality of it. Right? Like the, the attaching yourself to it, like, again, because wokeness is again, recognizing what's been normalized oppression. That means people Ooh. hold on to it. They're used to it. People don't like letting go of what they're used to, right? So that means that there's going to be pushback. You're supposed to ex- expect that. Backlash. Right? 
That means that you have to suffer the consequences of what it's like to go against what's been normalized. That's just the reality of it. And if you're not prepared to do that, then that means that you're only doing it for one reason, to get the money where you can and to get out when it's when it's profitable. That's why it's not woke. Like, and if you, if, I mean, I think the thing that sucks is that there is a more concern with the backlash that'll come from conservatives and from those people. But then when it comes to the backlash of queer folk and how people will feel left out and be mad or upset, I feel I feel like the attitude is very much, the niggas would be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, uh, they just have to get over it. And so that I just, why is that never the decision making calculus when you're dealing with those naysayers and the detractors and the people who are attempting to literally target and erase queer folk from the planet? So, you know, here we are again. So Target is one example. Uh, another example from the past few weeks, because we, we fresh into uh, we fresh into June, mm-hmm. right? So uh, what was going on April, May? You had uh, Bud Light, who uh, a partner with a uh, a trans influencer. Uh, I, had, I thought I had her name pulled up. It was uh, Dovain. Mm, let me get it. Let me get it. But shout they partnered with. Man, kind of, my bad. Nah, go ahead. I was just gonna shout out Miss Ma'am in the comments. Been talking to us a little bit. Said uh, they only rock with representation with them to make their money. As soon as there's an itch of possibility of losing money, they fold up. And like I said, that's privilege, par excellence, right? It's the opportunity that a lot of these folks don't necessarily have. But go ahead, my bad. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is the uh, is the trans influencer that Bud Light partnered with. Well, they came out with uh, a commercial with Dylan, and then they had like the the rainbow uh, uh, cans that that they was associated with, and that was another. You had another like, another uh, uh, conservative outrage, conservative backlash. It was angry, like right. We're not drinking Bud Light, and I think they they lost about uh, a billion dollars or so, right? Yeah. Got to got to a point where they actually uh, their two was it two of their marketing VPs that actually went on leaves of absences. I, I wasn't even sure. I didn't know about that part. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the people that were partly responsible for this this whole trans uh, Bud Light, you know, they went on leaves of absences. This is the thing. The reason why these companies ain't woke when they when they come face to face with this these, these controversies, they didn't do what Ben and Jerry's did. Hmm. Ben and Jerry's was like, we don't want you motherfuckers eating our ice cream. Are you the the racist and the biggest out there that got a problem with our message? Fuck you. Take your money. Get another brand. Like, bye. Leave. Eat something else. Eat something else. We don't want your money. You know what I'm saying? Now we're gonna talk about whether or not like like that instance, um, you know, coming from those people is, is an instance of wokeness. But what it is though is without it, it, any brand and the people behind the brand that's not outright rejecting. Mm-hmm. The uh, bigoted politics that's saying that they're going to hold their money. What do you care more about? Do you care about $100 from a bigot, right? Or losing out on that $100 because you don't want, like, because you are not bound to those type of people and to that type of ideology. Yeah. But Target, Bud Light, these corporations will capitulate to the stockholders, to the money, to the consumer. They can't be woke. So the whole controversy about even attaching wokeness to Target is a disrespect to the, to the understanding, to the ideology. Very much so. These people are tripping and they waging war against a wall. This, and it also goes to show their stupidity. 
I, you know, when it comes to this Bud Light example, and I think the the example you can you use of Ben and Jerry's is also pretty apt. Um, there's always an option to choose something else. Here's my little fun factoid I wanted to share with you about the decisions that uh, Budweiser consumers have made to choose something else because it actually implicates something very important. Um, we have to call into question now the effectiveness of things like boycotting brands, regardless of what side of issues you're on, because monopolies and corporatism are so like prevalent. And what do I mean by that? Monopolies being a certain, only a core group of people really being able oh, to run an entire you. industry, right? Yeah. And influence an entire industry. Think airlines, for example, think cell phones, for example, um, or another example of monopolies that companies have on certain industries, right? But you also have uh, this corporatism that means you you never know who really, really, really ultimately owns the brands you're utilizing. You just know them by this name, you use them by this name, and you think this name is different from this name over here, not even realizing, honey, they, they own all of it. So the gotcha that a Budweiser um, has been experienced, which is why Budweiser wins in the end. Like, yeah, sure, CEOs went on leaves of after absence and they lost a billion dollars, but it's been proven that while sales of Budweiser have gone down, sales of Modelo have gone up. Who owns Modelo? Budweiser baby so you know taking your money from Budweiser sent them over there with Modelo and you still paying the same people when it's all said and done so it's a big shell game we can't lose to these people to you that's what I'm saying (laughs) it forces us to question these politics right these political strategies like boycott brands because if you're not going to do the work to figure out who's really behind the curtain you could be playing yourself but secondly just go somewhere else. If you mad, just go take your business elsewhere. I think this also proves that that is always and will always be an option for you. So instead of doing all of this and taking away other people, just choose something else. Choose. Yeah, and okay. but but I think I think what you identify is just like we are in the crosshairs of people who who have very little critical thinking to be able to be like I'm still I'm going Anheuser Bush. Oh, we don't like you. But we're still going to like you're still going to get our money regardless, yeah. right? Like, and, and again, this is this is uh, like neoliberalism talks about it, right? Neoliberalism talks about competition, but it shows that it's really not there. There are no yeah. competitors. Whether you turn left or right, you end up spending your money with the same individuals. And so while they're waging war against wokeness, which inevitably ends up creating laws against the education and the, and, and the history of black people, right? That's who ends up hurting. But the person they pointing a finger at is, is Bud Light and Target. Right. Like, that, we can't be losing. We, we, we can't be losing the fight to these people. We can't let them control the narrative of, of what it is that we refer to as being enlightened. Like, what y'all say, oh, I'm enlightened. I've... I've my mind has been awakened. We took that. We just called it woke. You up there, yeah. you elevated. Th- this type of stupidity can't be can't like we can't sit back and let them dictate what this type of shit mean. Like I'm 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 definitely cool with that static. But uh, <laughs> as, let's let's but let's get into the third criticism, right? Um, because again, commodifying diversity for profit is not woke. Simple. Yeah. So target, but like. They weren't woke. For those who were confused, if you didn't know, if you're just now joining us, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe if you ain't subscribed. Commodifying diversity for profit is not woke. The third criticism is most of what 
get called woke is actually race neutrality. If it don't have to do with uh, gender, because you know, again, that's another that's another place where uh, gender and sexuality, where the conservative culture war is taking place. But specifically, the criticism as it relates to the Democratic Party and the rights and all those things associated with uh, with the laws and, and how it's racially neutral, right? The letter of the law doesn't apply to people. And what neoliberal discourse often does is it emphasizes the importance of treating everyone as an individual rather mm-hmm. than acknowledging their racial identity. This shit neglects the systemic and structural aspects of racism. If y'all remember, we are CRT scholars. If y'all here, y'all fuck with and rock with critical race theory. And critical well, race theory emphasizes that racism is not just individual acts of discrimination, but embedded in legal systems and societal structures and cannot be addressed without acknowledging the impact that race has on people's lives and opportunities. That means it's not mm-hmm. neutral, even when we simply just talking about things like rights and how the law functions and who gets opportunities and who gets access and who gets chances. Right. All of that shit is racialized. Now, And I mean, this is important. I, I just want to say, keep that thought. I just want to say how, because I mean, a lot of people get real sticky and icky. When we were having a CRT conversation, we talked about how people get, they start to get uncomfortable when they feel like CRT means they're attracting more attention or that they have invested in a particular ideology. And I think I just kind of want to dispute that, like desire to, to, to like, be like, let's not make everything about race, right? That don't fall for that. Don't fall for the good old y'all make everything about race because everything is about race. Everything is if race, race is about everything. Everything is about race. So yes, right. This neutrality where it's like, we're just talking about this. Don't call, don't bring in race or no, no. Take a moment, peel back the layers and see how race implicated it. If you can't buy ice cream, it's, it's summertime now. If you can't buy ice cream in your neighborhood without hearing a particular song. And you need to understand that song has racist and slavery implications to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And something as simple as buying your favorite delicacy in the summer heat has so baggage and implications. So I just I just really want to put that up because some people get sticky like, well, they're right. We do make everything about race and everything don't got to be about race, y'all. Yes, if you take a moment to critically think nine time, nine and a half times out of ten, it, it very much will. And, and, and that's where it becomes so popular. And, and again, wokeness is about recognizing normalized oppression. Please. The shit that we have been told is like, oh, this, oh, yeah, this is just how it is. That's a problem. Who I yeah. think is the is is the the biggest perpetrators of race neutrality. I and I'll even give them this. This is black Democrats. I'll give them this. Black Democrats will recognize that race plays a role in, in, in everything. But here's the problem. They can't be woke because black people attaching themselves to any political party that that is, is, is was was a part of the foundation of this country. They are choosing to be bound to a political ideology that has not ever been productive for the black struggle. What True. we know for sure is that Democrats have hijacked black issues for generations. They've recognized the existence of systemic racism for decades. This, this is recent shit, mind you. Uh, remember, because we still know again, Joe Biden, crime bill, all of that, da, 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 right? So, I'll. I'll I'll throw that bone out there, but we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna get too deep into that. Well, uh, but the belief still is that the system works for everyone when done right. Mm. <laughs> like black Democrats 
or or in, in even at there's there have been certain points in my political maturation where I've mm-hmm. made the done right argument, and Lee and Toya have had to check me like, my, my nigga, you read too much. Are you like you you kind of kind of caught up in? You know what I mean, like, nah, dude, like this is it's still done right is what we see. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's the perfecting of a system, right? Done right only speaks to the insidious nature of it to lull us into its dynamic shifts and changes without recognizing that reform will never be enough. Oh, never. It's designed. The last thing I'll say about the, why we can't really buy into how the state and the, the, like reforms itself or fix itself or adjust itself in any way is that Mm -hmm. the the law and the state is literally designed to reverberate back and forth. Right. Mm -hmm. As people change, as things change, Mm -hmm. as things, it's designed to be like, Oh, well, let us go fix what they didn't get right or that they messed up and blew up. Oh, let's let's revert back to this version of rightness. And so there is no championing change or revolution in systems that mm-hmm. are designed to function like that. So oftentimes what you look at is progress or change or getting it right is simply the perfecting of that system that gets you to fall for its ever-changing yes. pendulum-like functionality. Yes. yes, systemic racism is government done right. Systemic racism is government done right. Even how we understand rights is racialized. Yes. A perfect example is a white girl posing with an AR for a prom picture is patriotic. While John Morant is a gangbanging thug. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Is Ja tripping? Yes, he tripping. He tripping because we niggas. And we know that we're supposed to police ourselves because we can't have the type of freedom of gun rights and gun ownership that white yeah. kids in the country have. Rights are not neutral, and the belief that they are is the opposite of woke. So any in anybody approaching it from the perspective of master tools and master house is 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 uh, antithetical to wokeness. Can they mm-hmm. uh, can 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 they believe in and, and recognize the the issues and and push back against things like colorblindness? Recognize the role that race plays. Yes, but attaching yourself as a black person to the idea of the Democratic Party of the United States of uh, that, that operates within the United States government, that party in and of itself at its foundation is still the degradation of black people. Right. Still. Still. You feel me? So it's like we are our political ideology, our political philosophies that, that have their, their basis in blackness can't be black Democrat or black Republican. Right? It has to be, our, our politics have to be black. They have to reflect blackness. Can't, it, it can be black something. It has to reflect blackness in and of itself. Uh, Natalia, you had a criticism of uh, black conservatives when it comes to race neutrality. That that where they consider themselves the free thinkers of black people. Exactly, right? And I think that level or that approach to race neutrality is, is completely why diversity can't be trusted. Because look at what white conservatives get to look at when they get to clean their hands and assuage their responsibility to actually do meaningful practices, meaningful things to diversify the types of folks that they deal with. They forget Mm -hmm. that diversity means diversity of experience, diversity of thought, diversity of ideology, and they just think it's all about race. I think they they really only figured out race and gender in terms of diversity. And they think if they pepper in a couple women and give us some black folks and maybe some brown others, that that'll be enough. And that is the most dangerous example because it gives ground to these black conservatives that they're great being tokens. They're great being uh, uh, what we call porn 
or displayed and put on display as good black folk. I mean, think, I mean, and we mm-hmm. talk through these examples all the time. Your Herman Cain's, your Candace Owens's, your uh, give me somebody else, your Ben Carson's, your Stacey Dash's, uh, Stacey Dash's, your uh, Diamond and Silks. You pick some. R-I-P. Like there's a new, there's a new uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, kind of we talked about him on the last show, like Donaldson, Donaldson. Mark oh, Scott. Yeah. We got Tim so Scott. many different examples of, of people. And the thing about black conservatives is they get to be the banner and the, the shining representation of what diversity is and what it can look like and what's possible. But what comes with those possibilities that comes with assimilation, that comes with backseating and completely neglecting the needs of your own people. That means working against your own interests. And a lot of times, and against the interest of other people, but you'll do anything to take a seat, to cozy up, to be shoulder to shoulder, and let it be said that you got in the mix. And I think that is the most dangerous, most poisonous type of diversity and inclusion that could exist. And this whole notion of free thinkers is where we get the Kanye West of the world, when you just are thinking so above the board. And, yes, oh, yes. you silly old black people are stuck. This There's a fidel- there's this relationship to post-raciality when we ain't post-shit. We ain't a thick of, thick of it. But these black people and the white people they talking to are so invested in being post-racial, so invested in being beyond that, so invested in being hyper-intellectual that they're not held back. They're not bogged down by race. And these are simple, idiotic conversations that you were having. Right. These are conversations about Talk that it's shit. About Talk that now. shit, yeah. And, right, these are, the, these are the talking points that they have. And that's because they think they're the new Negroes. They think they are playing above the board. They think they light years ahead of us without recognizing it. Even when you in a binge, you still a digger. Nigga, in a coop. In a coop. I will quote that bar every time because the irony of that man being the person to say it is what we mean when we're talking about. You lost in the South, shout out to Consciously. Uh, Thinking that your race neutrality in some way has saved you and can save others. And it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. I think this this is where this is where people like. What's that man name? Um, uh, like Nick Fuentes, right? Yeah. Uh, like them developing relationships with uh, like people like Kanye West because Kanye is willing to go so far into their politics that, again, his race in and of itself doesn't matter, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that idea of this is the type of black person that I'm cool with. Yeah, they have, like even black conservatives search for and demand and look for a level of race neutrality right that that allows them to set themselves outside i'm not black i'm oj right and as jay-z said okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) do you feel me so it it's it's one of those things where um it's, it's one of those things where uh you still end up getting caught up in the same politics that you're pushing back against right because that again you're we we consider race neutrality a level of wokeness, right? Which is supposed to be against wokeness, supposed to be something you're supposed to be fighting against, right? Yeah. But it's still, like, even even the people that's like, yeah, it's okay to recognize race because the races are better. But yes, I will attach myself to Kanye West, even though he's against this lower race, right? I'm going to attach myself to him because he's saying the things that I like, right? Which is why race neutrality cannot be woke, because yeah. it can it, it allows for niggas to attach themselves to politics that use them that they don't benefit from. Can I can I can I give my other example though? Because I think the other Please. example kind of fits here too. And real quick, I want to shout out uh, Miss Ma'am said out here just happen to be one of the good ones, right? And that's so much of the 
pucker bucking that's being done is just like, look, I'm good. Don't you agree? Yeah. yeah. Can I get your cosign of approval? Can I can I can I get your validation? Silly, yeah. sick politics. And shout out to Vio back in the chat. I ain't see you in a minute. Said I was just I would describe it as pseudo intellectual, and that is exactly what it is. Nico says it's dangerous. Wait, 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 we actually had that conversation. Remember, we was actually gonna have a conversation something mm-hmm. similar to this, where it was like, but because we we got a whole framework of how we go. You know what? That's gonna be an episode. Thank you, Vio. We're gonna get into the pseudo intellectualism of of of, of uh, the bigots and the bullshit. But go ahead, tell you. Absolutely, Nico says uh, it's dangerous and coming from a background where my father is Jewish, but look at us as Caucasian. He doesn't get it, and I've had to, to buck this idealism and have my own thoughts and decisions. Right when you are around somebody who is like, "Yeah, you're black, but you're going to be this version of black. You won't be this type of black, or you can't be doing that, or this is." I'm so glad that you, yeah, you're black, but you get it rounded out with these. And whether that comes from a parent or somebody, you know, mentoring you, teaching you, and it's school atmospheres because teachers do the same shit. Right, thinking, trying to be white saviors and shit. Want to? You, you're special, you know. I want to. You're you're cut different from the rest of them. The rest of who? The rest of the students? No, you were talking about the other black people. The other black people, and you know what's crazy about that? So, and and this is again woke for us is, is being able to recognize shit like this. Yeah. When I first got my scholarship to OU, I went to I went uh, for debate. I, I was on campus early, right? We was down there for a debate a, a, a debate camp. Yeah, walking around campus, people would wonder, wonder why I was there. The first assumption was always I played some sport. OU is a major sports school, basketball and football, yeah. right? Uh, you you were on the you were, I was like yeah I'm here on scholarship. Oh, you on the football team? Like no, nah, I don't you know not football, basketball? No, nah, not basketball. I actually I actually uh, debate for the university. Debate? Really? You on the debate team? Yes, motherfucker. Yes. You Let me say, then the amount of times that I got that, like you, you end up, you you can't help but take offense because you there's a question of my intelligence and my ability Absolutely. because of my skin tone, because of yeah. my phenotype, right? Because I was I was six feet plus, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not talking to you about something I do physically. I'm telling you mm-hmm. about something. I'm, I'm here. My college is paid for it because it's something I do with my brain. And you can't fathom that. You gotta, you gotta bring yourself back to reality to understand that. Oh, I'm looking at a unicorn. This is a real unicorn. Yay! Yeah. Congratulations for you, unicorn. This, this thing that doesn't exist anywhere else, right? Can I tell the people also about your other part of your OU experience since we're talking about diversity? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, uh, oh, uh, want to be handsome, nice little smile. Look happy to be here, childish like, boyish, good looks. Landed this man on the side of OU's buses for years. I'm talking about weren't you in the print literature for the school? Yeah, yeah, I was everywhere. Yeah, this this nigga was was (laughs) the poster child for (laughs) diversity. I'm talking about man, when I seen that, part of me was very impressed. Like this nigga that went to OU, (laughs) this campus in the biggest university in Oklahoma and is on the city buses, man, on the campus buses. So, so full just face. a little, just, a just little, on the side like this. A little background. I, uh, I was going to class one morning, and I had like this dope ass OU track jacket, and I think I had a Cedar shirt on too. I do too. It was a, it was a, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like a Cedar Oklahoma. Yeah. So I had on the Oklahoma gear, right? And and but I had on pajama pants, and I'm and I'm getting a, I was getting a Powerade before I went to class, and they was like, somebody just came up to me, and was like, hey, you want to take some pictures? 
And I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I sat down, it was me and these white people, and I was just looking at them like, yeah, let's just act like we're talking and laughing because I don't know you people, right? And they took the pictures and I went on about my day. Like, oh. about a year or so later, I get a text in the morning, like, woke, woke up in the morning, and my homegirl sending me a picture, and it's, and it's a picture of my face on the side of the bus, like, yeah. the, whole, the brand new housing and food campaign. So, like, all of, like, uh, pretty much the dorms and, you know, the, the campus cafe, like, that mm-hmm. part of the university, they was like, we want to use his face for our, our, our campaign. So, for the next, like, three years, like, it's, it's people, it's girls that I've met that said that they, that literally, <laughs> my face, my face was in the brochure that they got in a freshman, in a freshman packet about the rules and everything for their university. My face was on the front of that packet. So and that's why they decided to go to OU. You know what I'm saying? I got a friendly. Hey, I actually, actually, I you know I have been told that uh, some of them was like, I was like, where is that? This where is dude. that man on that bus? This where is that right man here, on that man. bus? I was around. I was around. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the, again, the irony, <laughs> the irony of us. Yeah. Yes, I had. A, I guess I had a very. I, I, I represent a very. I represented a very diverse element of the <laughs> university. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, back on but, track. <laughs> but get it back on track, right? Get it back on track. So, uh, what, what what has to be understood though is that even even like even those instances of diversity are examples of of creating that neutrality. You know what I'm saying uh, on the university, right? It's the oh, you don't have to worry about race. Everybody's here, type shit, right? Um, and and oh yes. And so before we get out, we got one more example. That we want to talk about um, oh, an issue with race neutrality. If y'all, if y'all look uh, on the thumbnail for this episode for this video, on that thumbnail is a Juneteenth um, celebration uh, flyer thing. Toya, go ahead. I do you one better. If you go to the Chop Up Show right now at, on Instagram, you should be following us. So this, you just should, should have actually been on your timeline already. But if not, you're yeah. missing out on great conversations that are being had because the comments right. blew up, the likes blew up on this. So this same picture from Juneteenth. From Greenville, South Carolina, is actually on at the Chop Up Show on IG right now. So if y'all want to go look right. at that image and really dissect the comments, you should. But go back. My, my bad. I just want to tell people where to find it. Well, so uh, what we what, what you had there was uh, the a y'all know how in the light pose, you know, you have the the uh, like the banners, the vertical banners. It was As a vertical banner for a June team celebration, but on the banner was white people. <laughs> It was a bunch of, it was two cheeses smiling. It was a white man and a white woman on the June team celebration banners. What are we doing, people? This is liberalism. There we go. There we go. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Hold it just like that. Y'all see that? That's perfect. That's two white people on the June team in upstate celebration. In upstate celebration. What? And, and again, and this is the thing. This is the thing, Toya. Because look, what's happening, right? Representation. Yeah. Rep- representation. I, we got to put some teeth into this, though. Do it. Because representation is happening. Representation is happening. Um, but we also have to be clear in this particular instance about who's driving these conversations because there's a lot of misled, misstrategizing going on. What's mm-hmm. interesting about these pictures from Greenville, South Carolina, is the committee that was in charge of developing the Juneteenth celebration for this year and coming up with those banners were black. Black people came up with those signs. <laughs> and their logic, bless their hearts, 
Hold on, Ms. Ham said there was no black people in the room. Yes, there was. There was people at the front table. <laughs> there was people with the mic. Um, and their logic in doing this, and, and I feel and I understand it, but it's not going to get it done. Their mm. logic in making this decision was that they wanted to be better than the white people who left them out of everything, who have constantly and historically marginalized black people and omitted them and looked, looked over them and wrote them out of history and wrote them out of important citywide celebrations. They wanted to right those wrongs by not being as bad as them, by not That's using right. those politics and that logic for the celebration, right. but to truly make Juneteenth a celebration for everybody, yeah, right? To make it a good time and an opportunity for everybody to pull up at the table and no man, no him. No, no, no turkey. No Thanksgiving. Christmas is canceled. Yeah. If that's what yeah. we're doing. Because, uh-uh. And this is a moment where, because a lot of white people were like, they were in the comments on the Chapo show. Well, see, how, look how much you all just want to jump on social media trends and what everybody's talking about without doing your research. Little do you know, black people need to be able to, and have historically criticized black people. Booker yeah. T and W.E.B., Martin Luther, Malcolm X, the Panthers versus other peaceful movements during that. To like, the, 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 listen, historically, we have had to negotiate just exactly what the hell we are doing. And those are one of those moments where black people needed to be able to call out the attempts at race neutrality because maybe it don't work. Regardless for us of who did it. Bias. This yeah. is not FUBU. This mm. is not FUBU. It don't work mm. for us just because it's bias. It don't work mm. just because we want to invite people and let them feel better than they made us. No, this is not the time for that compassion. This is not the time for that sympathy. There are things you can do in other ways besides taking a holiday that is made to celebrate not the freeing of the slaves, but the revolution, the revelation that the slaves were free. They was lied to. And you just want to invite those same people. Like It just it will never make sense to me. And this is where, this is where again, Neoliberal attempts at diversity, which this is again because it's not, it's about individuals and the individuals being respected. No, no, like uh, one of the failures of the civil rights movement, or not the civil rights movement, but the civil rights act, not, yeah. not in its application in the act itself, but this idea that diversity is a question of everyone, right? And that, and that everyone is just, oh, we're all equal. No, we're all equal. And my yeah. workshops. Uh, I got a, I got a government and equity workshop that I do. I literally have an entire uh, a workshop dedicated to understanding the difference between equality and equity. Diversity and neoliberal attempts at diversity, the diversity that we see mainstream, the way that we mm-hmm. even talk about diversity, attempts to create equality. We are all here together. We're all Americans. We don't have to look at race. Right. We just need to look at we, we all live in the same community. Right. And right. wrong failure. Right. Yeah. Equality means sameness. Sameness does not always mean right. Does not always mean just. Yeah. Because we can have the same uh, the 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 same opportunity, but not have the same access. Period. Yes. Same opportunity, but not have the same access. And then we assume every community. It's a college community college in every community. You want to find a college? You can look up a college. You could probably ride a bus to a college. You could walk to a college. Can you attend? That college? Have you been set up generationally to be able to afford to participate in that college? Have you had the prerequisite experiences in an academic environment to prepare yourself to achieve in that college or institution? Most likely, the answer is no, because just because you have access to it doesn't mean. Or the, what? What? what break, say that. Uh, saying again. What was that? What was that phrase? Uh, I, uh, same opportunity don't don't mean same access. Hello. Don't mean the same access. And and. 
and what we have to understand about the definitions, while equality means sameness, equity means just. It means fairness, which means mm-hmm. that they, like we need to understand the difference in order for us to address the wrongs. We got to see where things are different. Right. So to in order to acknowledge and highlight Juneteenth, we have to put black people on a pedestal to have that conversation. You can't yeah. you you can't have a conversation about Juneteenth and not have black people on the pedestal, not have black people front and center, not have black people be the face of Juneteenth. What somebody said, it was like in the comments and I said this analogy was so fire. They said something to the effect of what they're tra- what they tried to do with Juneteenth. And by the way, they have changed. They've taken down those signs and put up new ones. By the way, I want to be clear about the current state of Greenville, South Carolina. They have since heated the criticism and changed those signs up now. So they've taken them down. But somebody was like, what they did is basically equivalent to going to somebody's birthday party and saying happy birthday to everybody but them. Right. How much sense does that make? You come into my party, but it's everybody's birthday. It's happy birthday, everybody. Like, what are we even really doing? You cannot. And I mean, it's the most dangerous when we are our lives mattering our own shit. Not recognizing that. I mean, and, and, and please celebrate. We celebrate Cinco de Mayo, St. Patrick's Day. We up right there are all different types of cultural celebrations. We find ourselves, but never shit, we celebrate for the July. That was that's like my favorite holiday. You know what I'm saying? But we don't find ourselves what, trying my to independence? be a part or be center. I mean, and, and I think Fourth of July, and because it, it's the United States, everybody's supposed to be a part of that shit, right? But <laughs> when we look at these, so yeah, the I, face, I should, you know what I'm the saying? Face I do. Fourth of July is not niggas, but, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as people want to be in and a part of something, you don't have to be center stage. You don't have to have a seat at the table to enjoy the banquet. You, I mean, at, you know, at the head table to enjoy the banquet. You don't have to have primary seating in order to enjoy the show. And so I think there are so many benefits, so much cultural value in being able to come to a Juneteenth. So I ain't saying don't come, bring you and your children. Y'all come listen to some folks sing and dance and cook some cue and talk about their history and celebrate each other. You should see those things so that you know that Black people love each other, that we are powerful, compassionate, collective, unified people who work together and love on each other and celebrate the fact that we are able to live freely inside of this country. Come see that. So that you don't think we walking around angry and pissed and upset and mad all the time, right? right? I think there's a video floating around on social media of some white boy in a room full of black people turned up having a good time. It's very raucous occasion, and he said uh, it, it was ball. it was his first black game night. It was it his was first, his first black, game black, night. black game night. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I've also seen a biracial wedding video floating around where niggas are swag surfing and dancing and cutting up to everything, but these old white people sitting in the corner, way in the back sure. of the reception, like we sure. don't know whether we should nothing about come this. or join. But they're there. They didn't alienate their family. They didn't alienate their kids. They didn't, you know what I'm saying, criticize or they was, you ain't got to be in the middle. But recognize and understand the value of people coming together to celebrate the different things that create the patchwork for this country that we live in. Because that just kind of is what the hell it is. So I want to take this, uh, I want to take, since we had 123, um, we can round it out. Let's round it out at at a smooth hour and a half, right? So I want to take the time to ask this question to to close out because uh, because I, I think I, what what you just spoke on kind of like leads us in that direction. Um, can white people, or let's just say non-black people, can non-black people be woke? Can non-black yes. people be woke? Your answer is yes. yes. Why would you say that? The same way non-black people can play rock, can play punk, can. Uh, should get into dance, how can get into grunge. That's our shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always going to be our shit. 
what you do with your elevated consciousness is up to you. But I don't think that it is it is anything that perpetuates performativity or anti-blackness or um, um, culture vulturing for you to be like, I'm, I'm woke. It's about what you do with that. It's about the praxis behind it. It's about how you materialize that shit. But no, I don't think that wokeness, a heightened level of consciousness about the way that power functions is something that is solely reserved for black people. I think, and yeah. I mean, and this is why I kind of disagree with you about, for example, uh, examples of uh, wokeness that come from Ben and Jerry. Well, really, Ben and Jerry. That was where right. I, I disagree. We kind of have that was a different argument, different conversation. <laughs> this is more so in terms of Ben and Jerry because they have been invested in movements against mass incarceration for years. But I asked the question though. I didn't say they wasn't, but I said, is that wokeness? We're gonna talk about that at the end. And I so think that's an example of it. Yeah. I think that is an example of a elevated. I mean, even the invitation for conservatives not to eat their ice cream, they wouldn't to lose money. That's what I meant when I talked about earlier. The only way you can really be woke is if you put yourself in a position to give up some shit, to make sacrifice, to give up, right? And maybe give up things. The only way we recalibrate power in these systems of power is if the people who hold power are willing to give that shit up. And I think somebody in the comments very poignantly said uh, something about that idea. Let me look. I think I want to say it was Miss Ma'am. Uh, said, uh, let me look. That was a weird sound that I made, yeah, very much so. <laughs> but that the, the bottom line of it is that don't nobody want to give up, shit, yeah. right? Until men are able to give up power, straight folk are willing to give up power, able bodied people are willing to give up power, straight people, cisgender people are able to give up some of the things that they benefit like that they materially benefit from, right? It's gonna be whatever, so yes. To sum it up, Ben and Jerry's act of consciousness, they have lost money, they've lost people who patronize their business, and they have taken the money that they do make and invested in, in, in decreasing mass incarceration and those types of movements and jail reforms and things like that. And I think that is meaningful work. Yeah, so I would, I, I would, I would, I would have to agree. I, I, I do think that they're, I, the bar is high. The bar is high, to be honest. For, for white people to be considered woke, there's a lot you got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And and because I, I do believe people like Jane Elliott, um, people like Tim Wise, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would I would consider them woke white people. Ben and Jerry is another good example. But for those who don't know, Jane Elliott and Tim Wise are are racial scholars, right? That specifically talk about white supremacy, white racism, white nationalism, mm-hmm. those types of things. Uh, so I, I I would characterize those people as well, but I, but I think what has to be understood is it's not because they shop at places that are perceived as woke. It is th- their wokeness comes from the danger that they put themselves in to stand by the politics of anti-racism. That's where the wokeness arises. It's not it, it it's not that they you know that they're able to sell books and they're able to do speeches and talks because they're talking about racism as a thing but it's the it's the real world like that like they have made the investment of being enemies to other white people who 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 have not or or, or who's willing to hold on to their whiteness in the face of anti-racism and so what that is called and i mean as we because we always talk about uh kind of allies versus uh accomplices versus race traders, right? These are conversations that we've kind of, that are common in critical race theory, um, but started to really bubble up in 2020 when we saw the protests for Breonna Taylor and for uh, George Floyd. And so when we 
it beg, when we start to beg the question of how deep and how invested are you, there are some people who are just like, I'm with you. I'm supporting you. I will maybe show up to a protest for you. I will tell people at my job. I will ruffle some. I'll share a post, right? That's allyship. That is a clear identification and alignment with. Accompliceship is a step further than that, a deeper investment, right? Now you're getting to the sacrificial places where your accompliceness may lead you to participate in a jail fund or to make sure that people have food or proper materials or, you know, that folks who are undocumented, their, their, their identities are protected or, you know what I'm saying? There's a little bit more participation in it. So you are an accomplice to the undoing, the decolonization, to the reversion of the systems that exist. And then there is a straight up race traitorship where you are willing to stand in the face of whiteness and white people, um, of white supremacy, of those institutions, of the facilitators of it and be like, nah, I denounce that shit. I denounce you. I'm willing, I'm ready to go up with you. I'm willing to sacrifice my shit. I'm willing to dismantle your institutions. And this is without the participation of other black people. This is, I'm not, they didn't send me. I'm not here on their behalf. My life's work is invested, right? I live and I breathe justice. And so everything that I do and every fixture and every place that I'm given access, right? So in the Academy, for example, we talk about Jane Elliott. We talk about Tim Wise, how I feed my family. How I pay for the house that I live in, how I shelter myself is by confronting directly and challenging and shouting down institutions of white supremacy and anti-blackness, right? Those are the types of race traitorships, right? I'm, I'm organized. I'm not organizing because I don't want to get in the front and take the front seat of the black people who are telling me what to do, but right. I'm heavily invested, right? right? In, in, in the way that the liberation plays out from one moment, one situation, one experience to the next. Yeah, and, I, and, and ultimately, and the reason why what, what I want to leave us on that that bar is higher today is again because of the fluidity of whiteness right back mm-hmm. then in, in times past in the times of like freedom writers that example right I, you can't you can't undermine the sacrifice that white people did to be a part of the civil rights movement just by sitting next to you know what I'm saying by saying by believing in desegregation right exactly that was if when that was enough to get you killed then that was enough to be considered woke Right. But when when believing in desegregation is the norm, when believing in diversity is the norm, when when believing in progressivism is, is kind of like, yeah, that's what we do. Right. That's that to be politically correct. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. who we are. Those types of things. That's no longer the, the, the bar for wokeness. Right. Because there's there's no risk involved like this. This is safe for you. Right. Engaging in the acts of anti-racism and pushing back against white nationalism and white supremacy. We're dealing with some of the most da- the, the, some of the most violent people. Right, the people that we got to push back against again last year committed every uh, ideological driven mass shooting. So mm-hmm. we got to be willing to like w- w- the people that we pushing back against. They have a proclivity to violence. To be clear, right? So like that's some. Are, are you ready to deal with that? Right. Are you are you ready for that smoke? And so and that's what that's um, what I mean. When Bill talked about that example in the comments, they say like I remember in the movie uh, Freedom Riders, they talked about a white man that was beaten up by police for defending a black person from discrimination. Yes, the sacrifice of your flesh, yeah. our flesh is being attacked. It is yeah. being targeted. It literally exists in systems and structures and interpersonal exchanges as grounds for annihilation. So will you put your body in between ours? Right. This is what it looks like when protests happen. Y'all need to be on the front. Like arm and arm link chain to create a wedge of separation between us and the police. Those are the types of sacrificial acts that demonstrate that type of in that level of investment. I will say I want to shout out Donnell, who has been dropping a couple comments before we close it out. 
um, that help form and kind of refine this conversation too. First thing Donnell says is we're just at a point of where admitting to any, and I'm assuming the people who hold the power, admitting to any prior or current injustice seeds too much power, jeopardizing the structure they've known their entire existence. And that's what got them shook. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the reason, because they know chickens is coming up to roost and that it ain't lip service and diversity campaigns. And this month, this is what we're going to do for Black History Month. And this month, it's not working. They're not we're not falling for it no more. And a lot of people never fell for it in the first place. But people are sharing videos on the tick and the talk and people are on the Instagram and people are doing the CRT thing now. And all of a sudden people is getting hit to the moves and, and, and people are no longer satiated by that. Donnell continues. It's ultimately just being aware of who we are and how we got here. That's it. It's a reasonable aspiration. I just don't know if we'll actually actualize it. And I think we're speaking to kind of the shifts, the changes, the recalibrations, the revolutions that we're looking for. And a whole lot of it has less to do with the people who have been marginalized, erased, silenced, oppressed, beat the hell up, left for dead, uh, and more to do with the people who taken up the space and not allowing for people to just live with not equality, as the plug talked about, with equity. Right exactly. to live in a, in, yeah. in a in a society with justice, but we don't we're not gonna get there through wokeness, and that's the thing that I hope we as a collective, you uh, as individuals, as folks who are in your own ways, going to your jobs, to your communities, to your institutions, to your ballot boxes, to wherever you go to do your thing, that you're not being caught up by. Right? Don't be so excited to see yourself that you forget about the fact that neoliberalism often is at play. What is neoliberalism? It is the uh, ability to attach a value to a thing that is invaluable. Those things like identity, those things like life or death, those things like freedom. Mm -hmm. And so the government and corporations are allowed to do that. And that's what gets us all, you know, on this this high. But that high fades away. And what are we left with? We're left with dust. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. So as we close out, this is what we need to understand. Y'all are hearing it first. The chop up audience, I'm telling y'all, going into this 2024 election, y'all are are about to be the most prepared. Because what we've been talking about on the chop up is what you are going to hear the most of all Mm -hmm. through cable news and through the cable news channels. The thing that we cannot do is allow for cable news and cable news conversations to dictate what's understood as wokeness. You do not uh, capitulate to a faulty premise. Don't do it. Right. These, these conservatives are not arguing against wokeness. They're arguing against neoliberal attempts at diversity. Wokeness is something that they can't even comprehend and they can't understand. Now, does, does wokeness expose some things that probably make them uncomfortable? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Right. But what they're pointing their finger at is proof that the conversations that's being di- that, that's being dictated around uh, outrage surrounding the Little Mermaid, surrounding Target, surrounding Budweiser, Disney, etc. Understand that if you were beefing with a corporation, you were not beefing with wokeness. If you are beefing with a brand, if you are beefing with a, a, a fictional character, you are not beefing with wokeness. You're beefing with neoliberalism and, and, and its attempt to display itself as woke. But woke folk know that that entire conversation is a waste of time. With that being said, we again like to thank y'all for uh, for joining us on this Friday. We know y'all could be out kicking it, having a good old time. But y'all in here talking yeah. about bullshit about wokeness targeting other nonsense with us so we thank y'all we appreciate that uh but we will see y'all uh toya when you gonna be back from out of town we'll be back next thursday count on it if y'all see us on thursday be looking at for us on friday Friday. it's up we'll be on the beach we're gonna drinking things gonna eat some things we're gonna do some things but then we're coming back 
and we tied in, strapped in for the summer, especially as things yeah. evolve. So be looking for us next Thursday. If not next Thursday, be ready for us next Friday. I don't know what it is, Chop Nation. Just make sure you tap in. Yeah, yeah. We got we got some debate family that's getting married, and Toya will be a part of those festivities. Um, they actually some 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 big names in the debate community too. So shout out to them. Congratulations to them from the shout out to the, show. I'm gonna say their name. Shout out to Devon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devon and Nicole. Yeah, yeah. Champs. Yeah. Champ. So, with that being said, we will see y'all next week. This is the Chop Up. We out. Love y'all.